0: You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikina Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikina Okeke and be blessed. Last Sunday, we began to take cognizance of our highly privileged position, which is our seat. And where is that seat? In heavenly places. Praise the Lord. And it is in Christ Jesus. So on Sunday, we saw that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And the honor and the privilege it grants us. We can take selfies. We can take pictures. We are protected from the bullies. Okay? We have need to fear nothing. No thing should, could, can make us afraid in that position. And on Wednesday, we continued to look at that, and we also saw the importance or the critical or the very, very vital information in that scripture, which says, In Christ, and we even saw from Ephesians 1-3, where the Bible says, We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and we saw that in Christ Jesus was very vital. It was important we understood it because everything God does for us, God does with us is in Christ Jesus. Okay? And we try to learn how we would make sure we remain in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Today we want to go a bit further and um, achieve the place where every one of us can be said to be benefiting, to be utilizing, to be maximizing this great privilege. Praise the Lord. How many of us know it's a great privilege that we have to be seated, okay? To be seated in heavenly places is a great privilege. So this morning we're going to move on. Praise the Lord. Okay, the first thing I want us to learn as we go in this direction is that I think everybody knows that, but um, we, we need to remind ourselves that that privilege or privileges are not always a guarantee to success. Privileges are not always a guarantee to success. I play table tennis. I like to play table tennis. And I've had people that said 15 ahead, and they still win me. It will be like joke, 15-1, 15-2, 15-3, 15-4, and I'll be strong. I say only five. In some games, I'm not able to move from 15, but I had advantage, praise the Lord, okay? And in some races, some of us here, if they kept us half of the uh, 100 meters mark and kept some other people at the back end, Before we get to the tape, they will still beat us. Privileges. I mean, that's taking it too far, praise the Lord. But seriously, privileges, even the the most basic of them, are not always a guarantee to success. And as spiritual people, we need to understand this. Because you know what the book, you know, the Bible tells us? It tells us about the goodness of God. The love of God, the grace of God, the endowments of God, and tells us about two sets of men, those who take advantage of it, and those who do not. When the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's a privilege. Praise the Lord. Yesterday we were praying and the Spirit of God made us stop and thank God for the privilege of the name Jesus. If I walked into your office, um, you know, and tomorrow, and I claim that I come in the name of the president. If anybody there knew the president well, I'll probably leave the office in handcuffs. Because they'll know that I'm using a name that I'm not giving authority to use. Praise the Lord. But everyone born into this world has been given the right to call on that name. And He says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, what shall be saved. What a privilege. Ideally, if this thing we're talking about were not true, hell will be empty, heaven will be full. God has made provision. In fact, his plan is that hell will be empty. Only Satan and his angels should be there because he has given the name that that was able and is able to save to the uttermost. It means no matter your background, no matter what you have done, no matter what you're coming from, no matter the devil's plan concerning you or his agenda, it will not hold water because at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall walk. bow. So no matter the gates that is saying you can't make progress, God has given us a name that will open every gate. Praise the Lord somebody. That is the privilege we have. The name Jesus. And let me ask, in case I forget, because I asked them this, you know, when we're praying. Any of us here have had dreams and we're in serious trouble and we call the name Jesus? Anybody here? Let me see your hand. I want to be sure. Almost everybody. Now, and I want to ask a follow-up question. When you call the name Jesus in your dream, did it work? It worked in your dream. Now, and I want you to determine that by the time you leave church today, it has to be working in your real life. It's the same name now. Praise the Lord. It's the same name. So, it's an asset that has been given to us. The Bible tells us, as many as received him or believed on him, to them he gave what? The right to become children of God. So, this privilege we have to be called sons and daughters of God. However, privileges don't always translate to benefits. And immediately, you should think about Adam and Eve. When we talk about sitting together in heavenly places, Adam and Eve were there. Though it was Eden, it was heaven because God was there. Physically. Praise the Lord. Now we are told God is spirit and those who worship him must worship how? In spirit and in truth. Neither on this mountain nor on that mountain. But in the time of Adam and Eve, the garden of Eden was a physical location where God was with them. To think that those two people still failed. How many of us here will fail if they take us back to the Garden of Eden? Will you fail? Just one tree. Left to me, I will go and cut off the tree. In fact, I will burn the tree, Baba. The moment God leaves with the experience I have now, what will I set it on fire? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let the tree cease to what? Exist. They had the privilege. God will come down in the cool of the day and walk with them, the Creator. Praise the Lord. Adam and Eve, that's why, you see, when believers make, you know, uh, mountains of their challenges, they had no challenge. Neither physical, nor emotional, nor financial, nor social. They had no challenge. Adam was Mr. World. Eve was Miss World. Praise the Lord. No landlord. They were the landlords. They had no need, no problem, nothing at all. What a privilege. And they had God. And they still failed. And they still failed. Praise God. The Bible has many other examples. We have people recorded for us like Judas. I mean, every day I pray, Lord, I want to be like Christ so that I can serve you better. And so that I can also love him better. And represent him better. And I know I'm not perfect. Praise God. I know that, you know, sometimes I, you know, I err here and here. But Jesus is the one whom the Bible says even the prince of this world came and found nothing in him. He was 100% perfect. His enemies could not find anything to accuse him of. At least my enemies can accuse me of one or two things. You don't preach prosperity. Praise the Lord. But I think I do. But at least they can accuse me of that. And uh, some people will be undivided. But Jesus' enemies, everything they had to say that was a bit bad about it had to be a complete lie. He was that perfect. And yet, he passed out 12 people, close range, and one of them still failed. What more can be added? Judas was privileged. He saw Jesus walk on water. He saw the storms and the wind come. He witnessed it with his eyes. He saw Lazarus come out from the dead. He knew that money, if money was his problem, He could have asked Jesus, please, there are plenty fish, plenty fish, 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 everywhere. Please, let gold be coming out from their mouth. Do you understand? He had no reason to fail, but he still failed. Because privilege is not an assurance of success. That somebody attends the best school does not mean the person will have a good grade. And having said that also, because the devil is a liar, deceiving a lot of people, some people have become Christians... And have ruled themselves out. I think Pastor Chris reminded us that when he was speaking. Because of the status they found themselves in life. Because of their station in life. They have said their papa no be dangote. And their mama no be a dele-cabi. Okay, whatever it was. Okay? So, these people have said they can't amount to anything in Christianity. Why? This was where I was born. This is where I am. This is, it's a lie. The devil is deceiving you. Praise God. How many of us know Daniel? Daniel entered Babylon as a slave. And his stay in Babylon survived four kingdoms. Not as a slave. Not as an ordinary man. The governors, the princes, they submitted to him. In every kingdom, he was second only to one man. The sovereign of that kingdom. But he started as a slave. His background, if you trace further, why did Daniel become a slave? Daniel became a slave because the religious leaders and the political leaders of Judah failed God. So, Daniel had no example. So, Daniel is like where a man where they say his pastor is a criminal. The pastor is a rapist. The pastor is this. The pastor is that. But Daniel was still successful. Is someone getting what I'm saying? You go and he tells us about Noah. We can look at the case of Noah. Now, many of us in Nigeria, many businessmen, many civil servants, many public servants, many people in Nigeria say, no, you see, these things, Pastor says, don't mind him. He doesn't understand Nigeria. You can't survive in Nigeria unless you compromise. Noah was not in Nigeria. Nigeria is better. At least you might have 10 of 20. In Noah's generation, there was only him, his wife, and his children. And it wasn't for five years. Yet, Noah succeeded. Tell your neighbor, you have no excuse. You can come from a family of idol worshippers. Pastor, you don't understand. I'm trying. In my family, they fly at night. I'm the only person that sleeps at night. Praise the Lord. You're trying. You can do better. You have to stop them from flying and make them walk to church with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, these are things that we're going to do. What about Joseph? Some of us have ruled ourselves out because of the experiences we had earlier in life. I know most Nigerians don't tell those stories, but for those, you know, the Americans and all of that, they tell a lot of those stories. Say, my mother abused me, my father abused me, my father left, my mother, my mother left. Now, now, Joseph's case was a case of family abuse. It was his brothers who sold him into slavery, not his enemies, not a foreign nation. He overheard his brothers discussing, should we kill him? And then they had mercy and sold him into slavery. So he knew from Lord their intent was murder. But their action was selling him into slavery. Joseph needed to go into Egypt with a permanent depression. You see, we've been hearing that word recently. And the Lord will lift every lying spirit of depression from us in Jesus' name. But you see, if there was anybody who was qualified to be depressed, it was Joseph. Imagine growing up with older brothers. And at about the age of 15, their conclusion of you is that they should kill you. Have you thought about that? Then sold into slavery, that whole thing did not stick on him. Rather, he carried himself and distinguished himself as a slave. To the point that he became the steward. That word steward there is the same thing as executive of Potiphar's house. He became the executive manager. Look at his circumstances. What am I trying to say to us today? That it doesn't matter whether you're coming from a place of privilege or a place of disadvantage. The choice you can make to succeed. I said you can make the choice to succeed. I told somebody, say, I determine I will succeed. Yes, you see, these things are very basic. Some of us work with statistics. The person before me, the person after me, the person before me. Elisha served Elijah. And at the end of his service, he got a double portion of what? Elijah's anointing. Now, Gehazi was serving Elisha. Gehazi, by, by mathematics, law of progression, should have gotten what? A triple portion. Isn't it? A triple portion. But instead of getting a triple portion of Elisha's anointing, what did he get? He got a triple portion of leprosy because the leprosy didn't just come on him. It was to his generations. This is a man that has seen signs and wonders. He knew story. He knew everything. He poured water. He was the one that opened his eyes and he saw what else could be done for Gehazi. Why? Because choices matter. Choices matter. And this morning, God will help you and I to make the right choice in Jesus' name. The second part of it, which flows, is because being humans, we have been given the capacity to make decisions, which is following from what we're saying. We have wills. And having a will simply says, will. Okay, I have a will. You have a will. We all have a will. Having a will simply says that in any given situation, your action or reaction cannot solely be left to what happens to you. Praise the Lord! You have the right to react. So it's not what happens to you; it is your word reaction. Your reaction is always a choice. You know why? Because you're a moral being. You're a human being. You're a person. You're not an object. That's why we're held responsible for things we do. You can't say, this happened to me. No. Whatever happens to you, you have a responsibility to take what happens to you and do what? Process it and then respond. Now, what does that mean in the light of what we're studying? What it means in the light of what we're studying is this. No matter what you give a human being, he has two things he can do with it or two ways he can apply it. Simple. One way is to use it. And the other one is to what? Abuse it, which is abnormal use. You use, which means this is the intent, and I follow it to the way it was meant to be used. The other way is that you can get the same thing and say, okay, this is the intent, but I, this is what I choose to do. So you find in this case, you find people who have children, they are married, they have children, and then they abuse their children sexually. Do you imagine that? You have a wife. You and your wife have a relationship. You now have children. You leave your wife. You know why? Because we are human beings. We can make choices. So the man decides, or you know, in that case, decides to leave the wife and starts abusing. There are several cases of that you know, coming up even in Nigeria. You find cases where a man locked up, I think one was four daughters, and they were breeding children for him. And you're wondering, these are your children, okay? But you know why he could do that? He has a will. He can decide. Praise God. So anything that is given to you by virtue of being a human being, you can choose whether to make good use of it or to make abnormal use of it. Now, because of that power, privileges fall under that. So a man is seated in heavenly places in Christ. He knows that he can decide to run amok and live life anyhow and convince himself every day, I'm seated, God loves me. Have you heard people who keep saying, God loves me, God loves me? Why do they have to announce that? You know why they have to announce that? Because they're doing things that show they don't love God, but i are trying to tell you, in spite of what I'm doing, God loves me. They're abusing God's love. So they have to keep announcing to you. I mentioned to you here the case of, um, I think a lady, I, I, remember, I read it in the paper, I think she acted nude in a drama. And then she said, "All the same people are talking. They don't know her relationship with God. God loves her. Okay? Now, now, does God love her? Yes, God loves her. For God so loved the world. But you can abuse love. And the interesting thing is this. The things that suffer the most abuse are actually the best of things. People abuse kindness. People abuse trust. You see, trust is meant to be used. I trust you. Gigi trusts me. He says, Pastor, I trust you. Okay? So, he gives me something that is precious to him to keep. And says, if you have need, use it when you want. He has trusted me with it. Now, what should I do? I should make good use of that trust, isn't it? I should take care of that thing as if it were my own. Or even better than my own. Which is actually the right response to trust. When somebody commits something to you, someone comes to you and says knows that you trust him, and says, please, can you give me one million naira? I will give you back tomorrow. And because you trust him, this one million naira, you need it next tomorrow. But you give it to him, expecting he'll bring it back to you tomorrow. The person takes the one million naira. Next tomorrow, he doesn't bring it. Next tomorrow, he doesn't. One week, he doesn't bring it. Now, what has happened is this. This person has abused the trust that you have in him. And human beings master this. We take beautiful things. We take good things. We abuse it, and then when we abuse it, now next time the person comes and says, "Can you give me, you know, one million? I'll give you tomorrow." If you say no, what would they say now? They say, "You don't trust me." How can I trust you when the trust you have what abused in homes, in marriages? You know, Bible says, "Husbands love your wives." You can be loving your wife to the point where she's abusing the love. You can be submitting to your husband to the point where he's also abusing the submission. Because as human beings, every good thing, we can take it and make it terrible. That's why God has to still be superintending over his world. Because if not, we'll kill ourselves. Anyway, so human beings abuse privilege. The same way many Christians abusing the privileges of faith. Listen to me. The forgiveness of sins is a privilege. It's Christ washing the feet of the disciples. He died with his blood and paid for our sins. But every day the Bible says he ever lives to do what? To make intercessions for us. After your salvation, everything that you do that is not, Christ still has to make intercessions. He's praying for you. Now, if you wake up every day and determine that you will punish Christ, what has that become? It's an abuse of love. It's like a father who sends his child to school and gives him money for provision. And the money should last for three months. After two weeks, the boy sends you a message or the girl. Daddy, the money has finished. You see, as a responsible father, what are you going to do? You will scold, you will shout, you will make all the noise, but what are you going to do? You won't leave your child without money. You have to go and give money. You keep, they keep abusing, you keep giving. If that child does not get sent, a time will come. Either the father's money will finish, praise God, or something else will happen, and then he will see the consequences of that privilege he's been abusing. May we never get to that point in Jesus' name. Because you see, why is that so? The devil had been privileged like us before. You see, the devil is coming from where we are going to. So he knows, he's, he's fighting us to turn nail. He makes sure that we abuse the best of things. If you check yourself now, those of us that are here, if you check your friends that are, you're not very happy with, these friends you're not very happy with, check where well, they are your friends that have been good to you before. You see, if someone from the outset... Is mean to you. You find out that you really never have problems with the person. It's abuse of relationship. You just know that this person were not close. You know, I never understood him. Uh, do, do you make that statement? Uh, that guy, no, no, no. But someone that there was something going on. After some time, something happens and you say, ah, I thought we were like this. What has happened is that that trust, that relationship, whatever it is, has been spoiled by reason of human involvement. Let's take, okay, government office in Nigeria. We all know that our legislators and most of our government people are the highest paid in the world. Now that should be a privilege. It means that with that kind of pay, corruption should be far. Do you understand? With that kind of pay, I read recently the retired Chief Justice in Nigeria, I think gets about two billion just cash. Apart from the other benefits that come. You know, their houses, their cars that are replaced and all of that. just cash. So you would think that we should have the most uncorrupt judges. But you see, all that doesn't happen. Why? Because give a human being something, no matter how beautiful it is, because they have a will, they can take it and turn it upside down. We have cases now. The reason kidnapping is not stopping soon in Nigeria is that it's not just the criminals that are kidnapping. The people with official guns and official means are assisting them. That's why it's become the way it is. It's abused. And when privilege is abused, it's hurtful. Which major criminal in Nigeria did we not have collaborators with the police? Someone mentioned Aneni recently. And uh, what's his uh, colleague's name? Osumbo. These people worked in concert? You can't. Our brother Evans, you see that here in police. If the people with privilege, you know, would... Take that privilege and use it rightly. The world will be such a better place. But let's leave the people. Let's talk about Christians. Praise God. So as believers, we have been given the sweetness, the sweet privilege of being seated in heavenly places, of having this fellowship. You know, uh, Momichi rounding up was talking about the beauty of Jesus. The sweetness of having a relationship with Jesus is that Jesus can give you joy when there is no money in your pocket. Jesus can give you joy when there is no food on your table. You see, because the songwriter says his loving kindness is better than what? It's better than life. So, having Jesus, you know, the old school singer says, as long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. You see, Jesus should satisfy. But do we find that happening in our time? Why? Because we take Jesus and we put him on one side and say, nah, Jesus, I go chop. Yes, you should chop Jesus. Sir. Praise the Lord. Oh, yes, you should, you should. If you understood all he was about. So, the reason we don't benefit from is because of abuse. We take it, we abuse it. We take faith, we abuse. Faith is a strong, strong, strong factor given to us as believers to operate. But when faith begins to be used to claim somebody's car, somebody's wife, eh? you come out, you say, I claim it. Claim it, for where do you want to go with it? You're claiming it to take picture. Take picture with it where it is. I get it what I'm saying. You're claiming it to boast. The Bible says all things are yours. Have you read that in the Bible? All things are yours. Your brother's car is your own. The only thing is that you can't drive it without permission. Praise the Lord. You see, there are provisions made in the scripture. If you're a believer, you know, thank you Holy Spirit for this illustration. If you're a believer here, you're trusting God for a life partner. Every marriage we announce in church here, you should rejoice over it. But because every sister that gets married, is your sister that is married. That's the provision given to us. He says when one is up, what is up? All are what? These are provisions. When one is successful, we are all successful. You can put the enemy underneath your feet. You come as a believer, you look at your brethren, you say, Lord, I bless you for your work in their lives. You can read the epistles of Paul. Many times he was blessing God. He will be in prison. He will be blessing God. He says, as I remembered you, the Philippians, as I remembered you in Galatia, joy fills my heart. He's not remembering that he's in prison. He's remembering that his brothers are doing well. And then he's rejoicing. Those are assets given to us to work with as believers. But now it doesn't work because we've been taught the gospel of me, myself. Even hallelujah, when you are shouting hallelujah to God, it's with a private intent. The biggest hallelujah will go with the only miracle here. Meanwhile, God is El Shaddai. He can give everybody a miracle. So to get people to shout hallelujah now, it has to be that he has to be louder than your neighbor's own. Praise the Lord. So we have this, another thing very quickly, I want to just touch on this and then we're going to pray. Another thing we miss is this, a privilege, a privilege sets a man apart, or it sets a woman apart. I mentioned marriage. Let me use marriage to illustrate that. Let's read the scripture first. First Peter 2, verse 9. I'd like you to give me the King James version, please. First Peter 2, verse 9. It's a passage we all know as Christians, but something jumped out of there to me recently. It says, let's read it together. But what? Let's read ourselves. But I'm a chosen generation, a royal, a holy, a peculiar, that I should show forth the praises of him who has called me out of darkness into his marvelous life. The point I want us to look at there is a peculiar people. You see, privileges set you apart. Privileges set you apart. Incidentally, I did a lot of my, you know, primary school, secondary school with, you know, children of um, people who were in positions. Now, in secondary school, I remember the governor's son was, you know, my classmate. Because he was governor's son, he couldn't go where he could go. They hadn't started kidnapping then, But he couldn't go where I could. I could go to many places that he couldn't go. Simply because he was what? The governor's son. It was not safe for him. He wasn't safe. Now, he had that privilege. So the driver brings him to school. There's an SS man that waits for him in all of that, which we wish for. But then after school, when we go, you know, down, 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 down to do some other things. He cannot go with us because governor's son cannot go there. Now, as believers, the privileges we have been seated, I think Pastor Law also referred to, in high places or heavenly places, constrains us. There are some things we can't do. The other day, we were talking to workers, and if you're a member of this show, about alcohol. Now, listen, don't argue with me about whether a Christian should drink alcohol. It's about levels in life. A pilot does not drink alcohol going to fly. Now, are you trekking? Do you understand what I'm saying? The Bible is very clear. It says, do not be drunk with wine. Rather, but what? Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Do you want to compare 1% of wine and 1% of Holy Ghost? That verse simply implies that the proportion of Holy Spirit you have is inversely proportional to the quantity of wine in your system. So if you want 100% Holy Ghost... Which we still haven't gotten, we are still trying to get there. They now want me to use uh muay, to reduce the little I have. Am I wise? Or to use Guinness to reduce it. Any alcohol that comes in the Holy Ghost goes. So why should you think about it? And it's not for everybody. I don't tell this to everybody. I don't know why I had to say this now. I don't say it to everybody because everybody's not at the same level of privilege. When you board the flight, you know, on international flight, especially if you're in business class, they can get you drunk on the air. But they won't serve their pilot. You know why? Because you are at a low level. They respect their pilot more than you, so they'll give you alcohol to shark. And they make sure that their pilot is clear-headed. Privileges make you peculiar. It puts a responsibility on you must remind yourself you work in an office everybody does this you can't do it you know why you're seated in heavenly places you're a Christian you're called the name of God you're a child of God a, you know the things that the Bible calls us the Catholics have for fear of the implication of that word kept sainthood for dead people but we by revelation of the scripture knows that the Bible calls you as you are a saint help me turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor that God calls you a saint now He's not waiting till you die. You're a saint. So, uh, sainthood demands peculiarity. It demands peculiarity. You're a saint. You're a Christian. Christian, Christ-like. You're a follower of Christ. You're people of the way. Those are the things the Bible calls you. You're citizens of heaven. I notice that in any community, in any country... There are some citizens that don't live in particular places. Have you ever seen an American living in Guagua, Karimu? They never live there. By reason of their citizenship, you find them in Maitama, Wusetu, and some places. They won't go so. You're a citizen of heaven. There are some places they shouldn't find you. Praise the Lord. You see, privilege confers peculiarity. You're privileged. You're seated in. There are some things you can't watch. There are some things you can't say. There are some things you can't engage in. You don't need to get into an argument whether they are right or wrong. It's just because of who you are. Just because of who you are. Praise the Lord. No, because of who you are. You're a lady. Don't go to places where it can be passing and a man will just hit you and say, "Come." Just that very thought. Don't go to that place. Even if the other place is more expensive. Go there. For the honor of who you are. Do you understand? It says a peculiar people. The moment you understand this, this thing will be easier for you. Because a lot of battles we believers face and the things that the enemy uses to pull us down is when he tries to tell you, but why should your own be different? My own is different because I've been lifted. Praise the Lord. I've been lifted. Now, I was going to use the illustration of marriage. When a lady marries, no matter how much she loves her spinster friends, there is separation, no? Praise God. It's not reasonable. It's more than reasonable. Because the things that they used to lament about, she can't join them to lament. Her name has changed. Her address has changed. Okay? She just can't be the same person. Why? Because she has become what? Married. You can call it mad. That's mad. M-A-R-R-E-D. But her liberties have been what? Restrained. She now doesn't think of what she will eat alone. She has to think of what he will eat. When she dresses, she doesn't have to think of whether I like this dress. The man has to look at the dress and say, "Ton, I hope you husbands do it. If you did it, life would be easier for us. Ton, turn. turn. Are you getting what I'm saying? Why? Because she is what? Privileged. You're, ans- you're carrying my name, man. Do you get what I'm saying? My wife will tell me, okay, she has used that now to convince me. Before I told her, nail polish, this color is called a neutral be or what? Nude. I say this is the only approval and then she'll do something, she'll send a picture. Say, do you approve of this? After some time, I just close my eye. I say, I approve of anyone. Let me be free. I'll be in the office studying there and say, Do you approve of this? Is that what I'll keep approving? <laughs> <laughs> so I told her I approve of all. Don't worry that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be free You know they say this person that is holding a child down He's holding himself too. Uh-huh. <laughs> so as believers we are peculiar Praise God we are peculiar You see the things we are talking about They don't have to make sense They are just position They are privileges Seated Pastor Love, There is a place they will sit you in a function You can't even go and use the bathroom because to get up from high table to walk this whole distance, you will just swallow the thing. Case settled. But if you're sitting at the last seat there, you can use the bathroom seven times. Peculiarity. So the believer must embrace his peculiarity. As Christians, we are different. We're not like the world. What they do, what they post on social media, what they say, where they go. You know, what they sing, what they listen to, what they dance. I announced there in church, you know, many months ago, don't watch Big Brother. If you watch it, you disobeyed me, but I still love you. But you see, how can you, with all the position that God has placed you in, you come down? Do you know there are some matches that FIFA people don't even officiate? FIFA officials. It's football, but they don't because it's too low. There should be some things too low for your eyes to see. Peculiarity. So the privileged person must know, oh, I can't do that. Why? Because I'm what? I'm peculiar. I'm privileged. I don't say some things. I don't do some things. I don't go some places. And I endure some things because I'm privileged. You know, thank God for President Trump who has messed that up for the president. You know, if you insult the president, he can't come back and say waka to you. But try Trump. If you tell Trump anything, he will use two hands and reply you. The man has turned that office upside down. You know? The press people thought they were dealing with a normal president that he called them all kinds of names. They're more careful now because he gives them double for everything they... (laughs) But privilege should make you not to respond. I was telling my wife the other day, I have an uncle who would have been like Trump. This man, many years ago in 1970-something, about this should be about, uh, I must have been about seven or eight years then. So we're talking about maybe 77, you know, 78. We're driving from my village to his own village in a citrons. You remember citrons then? Citrons were like the, you know, whatever you would call them. And when a traffic and a bike man insulted him, this man left me in the car, came down from the citron and started pursuing the man. I've never seen anything like that. Up to today, I remember it clearly. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> he's almost 80 years now. If he comes here now, he's talking with you five minutes, you'll forget his age. You understand? But, but <laughs> <laughs> there are extremes. But really, there's a type of car you'll be in. If an Okada man insults you, wave to him. You're not on the same level. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, believers, we must know we're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We're not ordinary. Don't be asking, can I date, can I kiss, can I hold, can I do this? No, no, your royalty, praise the Lord somebody, your royalty, the king thinks highly of you. The populace, they look up to you. You're peculiar. There are some things that in your workplace shouldn't be mentioned. They shouldn't. When they're discussing some things, I pray for everybody who works in an office here, that the Lord will promote you that there are some things your colleagues can't discuss where you are. They are talking something you come in they keep quiet they know a holy man a holy woman has coming that's what it is praise the lord okay the other thing that we need to take note of very important is that privilege or position is meaningless where there is no point of reference and this i will explain you see one of the passages we read on sunday ephesians 2 verse 1 says and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 2 says, in which we once walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the uh, the spirit, who now walks in the sons of disobedience. Now, what am I saying? If I wanted to say that um, you came first in the race that was run yesterday, you see, the normal reaction is to rejoice. Ah, he runs fast. Praise God. Isn't it? But when you now ask, who did he run with? And they say, he ran with crippled men. He ran with some blind men. And he ran with some lepers. And he came first. Will you still say he came first? But did he come first? Uh You know why? The subset of the race has made nonsense of his first position. The same thing in class. They say, you know, uh, 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 this child came first in class. You know, some of you see some little children in nursery. They say, you say uh, uncle, uncle, I came first in class. And he said, how many people were in the class? I say, two. But is he not first? Uh-huh. But you see, he came first out of two. Now, what am I saying? When the Bible says we have been raised together with Christ... To sit with him in heavenly places. The reason many times we don't appreciate it is that we think we have been floating around there. When you realize that you and I were on a highway, expressway to hell. The scripture we read, this Ephesians 2 one says, we were dead in trespasses. He has made us alive. He has made us alive. You see, you see the transportation. That's why people don't appreciate position. When they think it is their right, this is where they belong to. They were born here. And that's why you see children who were born into privileges, they don't act or do as well as those who grew up in that environment. But we're not born into it. Because you see, when you're born into something and it's just around you, it's easy to take it for granted. That's why you look at Nigeria, the names of the big men today, you don't trace it back to their parents. And watch the next generation. The same thing. Someone has to come who appreciates what it means to get to the top. But as believers, we must not let that happen. Paul the Apostle helped us. You read the letters of Paul. Every time, Paul will be telling of where God took him from. He talks about where God took him from. In one instance, he says he is the chief of sinners. Many Christians don't understand this. Because if you don't understand where they took you from, you will not appreciate where they took you to. You won't. The heavenly places, we didn't get there by default. It took the death of Christ. It took Christ himself coming to the lowest places. It took him breaking the bars of hell. We were trapped under bondage by the enemy. And he came down there, made a public spectacle of the devil, snatched us, and then raised us up together with himself. As a Christian remind yourself i'm a christian today because of god's mercy if you remind yourself that i bet you you will take your christianity a bit more seriously brethren what has helped me with my christianity i know where god took me from i never forget i don't forget i make it a point of duty i remember christianity the privileges of being born again it just didn't happen Praise the Lord. There was a change, a real present danger. Then Jesus came and took me from that danger, not by anything I did, but by his mercy, and brought me somewhere and seated me together. When I look around in this environment, gratitude fills my heart. And unless you see that way, oh, you see, no matter how precious, if those two words can be used, precious or valuable, something it is, if it's common to you, it will lose its preciousity. Is there a word called city. Add it, add it, add it, add it, add it. You know, people come to Christ and the privileges of salvation, it's just come on. They just mention it like that. Listen to me. If you were sincere to yourself, you will remember people who you were doing the same things together, who died in their sins. They're in hell now. You're a candidate for heaven. Praise the Lord. You're on your way to heaven. What did they do? Some died at 12, some died at 16, some died at 25, some died at 30, and you are here now. So sure your name is there, the Holy Spirit bearing witness. If you don't remember that place, you will not appreciate here. And the believer must consciously cry to God, Lord, help me. Colossians 1.13, I'll show you a scripture there that captures this. Colossians 1 13. it talks about the transport. He said, he has, talking about Christ, delivered us. Okay, let's read it this way. He has delivered me. He has delivered me from the power of darkness. Let's stop there. Listen to me. This thing we're saying now, before we we talked about using the name of Jesus in the dream. Before you and I got born again, you know the only way we survived the dream? That we woke up. Do you remember? That when those things happened in your own dream? When you were not born again, the only surviving things I had to wake up. But now as a believer, you can use the name of Jesus and deal with it and change gear in your sleep. Move to gear five. You know why? You have been delivered from the power of darkness. So whatever they are doing around you, they are wasting their time. But before now in your dream, if you did not wake up at that moment, um, they'll see dead body in the morning. That's what a, a believer has been delivered from the power of darkness. Yes, yes, yes. The the plans, the intents, all the enemy. You see, some of us come from backgrounds where there's a lot of witchcraft and all of that. As a believer, you have been delivered from their power. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Say, yes, it doesn't matter what is happening around. You are delivered from their power. They can still show you movies. Praise the Lord. Birds can still come and fly to your window at night. It's okay, but you, they cannot touch you. You remember what Satan said to God concerning Job? He said, have you not built what? An hedge round about him. Every born again Christian has an hedge round about him. He's covered by the blood. But that the hedge is there doesn't mean that the goat will not be banging on the hedge. The danger is that when the goat bangs on the hedge, you go out of the hedge to see what is going on. Don't go out. Just know that you have been delivered what from the power of next, They can wish, they can imagine, they can plot. You know, they can hear stories. Your sister who is not born again can call you shaking. I dream this dream. Tell her it's a dream. In reality, I'm seated in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Nobody can harm me in him. Do you understand? You're delivered. That's what it is. But it is. Stop there. It says, and what? Conveyed conveyed us, transported us, translated us to the kingdom of the son of his love. Can you see the distance? So when I'm in this kingdom, and forget where I was delivered from, I have not make use of it. And that's why many Christians are. But we are getting wiser. It's about distance. It's about translation. It's about what I've been brought out from. Is what I, about what I've been brought into. I'm now a citizen of heaven. Part of the scriptures we looked at last um, Sunday, Colossians 3.1. It says, since then you're seated in heavenly places where Christ is. Since, it's saying this is your new location. It brings an attitude. It brings a mindset. You're now, I, I'm not who I used to be. I've been raised with Christ. So whatever is happening there, you look at it differently. Your friends that are still there, you look at them with compassion and mercy. Praise the Lord. Okay, so position is meaningless without a point of reference. I I told us this many years ago. When we first got this land, the first fence we built, we wasted our money. You know why? The surveyors, the the quantity surveyors that did the set out for us, used some place in Mabuchi, some property in Mabuchi, as a point of reference for the coordinates. So when, you know, the other neighbors were coming and realized that the things were clashing until we had to go to the national stadium and take the coordinates from there. And even though the figures were right, if the point of reference was wrong, everything was wrong. When you see Christians who think that sin is a joke, they can never get their Christianity right. I'm telling you, any person you listen to, and makes little of sin, can never get his Christianity right. The Bible says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of darkness. The works of darkness is not poverty. It's not uh, sickness. Those things are not... He came, he said he came to steal, to kill, and what? His agenda was to hold man apart from God. And anything he would give man to keep him apart from God, he would do that. Praise the Lord. So this is Jesus' agenda to break the hold of sin on us and bring us into the glorious liberty. What does liberty in Christ mean? Liberty in Christ means to live like Adam should have lived. No constraint. Just worshiping God. Just honoring God. So the point of reference, very important. And finally, since we've mentioned Satan, we'll deal with him. I saw something in the scriptures. Which will help us. Revelation twelve, nine and ten, and then we'll go to pray. Revelation twelve nine and ten. Verse nine says something. He says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Let's read ten. Then ten says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God, day and night, has been what? Cast down. Glory to God. In these two verses, if you can put them together, I saw something which helped me also. And going back to Genesis, I saw it happening there. I saw that the devil has two primary jobs he does. In heaven, he does something day and night. You know he has no power. So the only thing the devil does in heaven, for some of us who don't know, the devil still has access there. Okay? What does he do? The Bible says he accuses you and I before our God. How many times? Day and night. Now, for him to accuse us, what is he accusing us for? Go back to verse 9. So the devil will come on earth and deceive us. And then we'll run to heaven and accuse us. I've seen it. He'll come on earth and do what? Deceive us. Then he'll go to heaven and do what? Report us. How many of us have had friends like that? They lead you to say some things. And then when you say it, they now quickly go and say, this is what it is. They learn their job well. He comes to the earth and does what? Deceives, the, in fact, look at that statement. He says, deceives the whole world. It means as long, that's why the Bible says, love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. For he that loves the world, what the love of the Father is not in him. He deceives not some of the world. He deceives the professors. He deceives the enlightened ones. He deceives the religious ones. He deceives the uneducated ones. He deceives them, each one according to his level. But he deceives the whole world. And then goes to heaven to do what? To accuse. What do we learn from that? What we learn from that is this. When I'm considering a course of action, and the facts are presented before me, I must know that there is an advocate of evil speaking to me. Do you understand? Do you understand? The devil is actively trying to convince me to do wrong every time. And the devil is not foolish. He's shrewd. He's old. He's experienced. Praise the Lord. He's been around. And don't forget, you are not the word of God. He quoted the word of God to the word of God. So he can bring scripture. He can bring precedents, He can point examples to you. He can bring all kinds of things. But just know that in this circumstance I'm in uh, somebody wants to deceive me, that alone will help you. But better still to help you is that somebody is also doing what? Praying for you. The Bible says, Jesus Christ, also, our high priest, ever lived to do what? To make intercessions for us. He's making intercessions. So know that there's a cosmic intergalactical battle. Which one is intergalactical? Just know that there is some... <laughs> uh-huh. There's some battle going on over that decision. To take it or not to take it. To slap or not to slap. To go or not to go. To speak or not to speak. There is a battle. The enemy wants to deceive you. Why? Because he knows that that's your high position. He can't bring you down by force. You are a God. You have to calm down yourself. You have to calm down by yourself. So the only way he can bring you down is by deception. He deceives you and then you climb down. Accusing in heaven, deceiving on earth. That's what we are facing. The whole world, the only way out is the word of God. To hold on to it like a bushman. You know, some people, they say their own is SU. Isn't it? Hold on to it like SU. Because there's a deceiver. So having said all of this, we are saying or we are learning that we have been put on a seat of authority. And today, I don't want to end this service because uh, last Sunday and Wednesday, I had in mind that this position that we occupy, authority given to you and I must be exercised. Your life now may not be an accurate representation of what God wants you to be simply because you have not exercised that authority. You see, authority is like a gate. You can close it or leave it open. When you close it, it is shut. The gate becomes shut. When you leave it open, anybody can pass through. When we are seated in heavenly places, Christ has given us authority. He says, I give to you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth, what will happen? will be bound in heaven. Now, with those keys, if I don't bind, they remain unbound. With those keys, I can analyze... With those kids, I can complain. With those kids, I can cry. But what I have is authority. Authority must be released. Are you getting me? Okay, let, let me help you. Because, you know, this is the way the Spirit of God made me understand. He said, Buhari closed the borders. Did he go to the borders? Did he go to the borders? He just spoke. That is the same way it is with you. When you and I speak, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, the angels of God, the host of heaven, are released to carry it out. Let's rise on our feet. We are seated in heavenly places. The seat of authority. The position of power. I want you to look at your life. What are the things that you know? That God has said, this shouldn't be. For somebody, there are some temptations. Some of these things, you know, one forgets to mention. You deal with temptations with authority. He said, I will no longer experience it. You speak the word. God will back you up. The angels will hear you. The tree heard Jesus. The mountains will hear you. He said, if you say to this mountain, what is that mountain? It's giving us authority. Is somebody hearing me today in church? is somebody hearing me you are seated in that position get up now and begin to use it are there circumstances, are there situations that you know are contrary to God's will in your life? Then I beg you today is that day. No need for argument. The Bible says, since the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God does what? Suffered violence. And the violence they take it. What does that mean? He say it permits breaking. It permits, you know, access by force. Now, with the authority you and I have, you must. And some things that you don't want again. No more analyzing them. Speak the word of God. This is what we have. I want you to do that for yourself now. I give you a few seconds before we go to the next. You must, you must, you must, you must, you must. There are some of us, the enemy is playing mind games with you. Tell the devil that your mind is sanctified. No more will you condone. You cannot, you will not, you shall not have access to this mind. I am joined with Christ. I am joined to Christ. I am a Christian. You cannot try me. You cannot visit me. My marriage is sealed in the blood. No devil, no person, no woman, no man. Listen, decree it. I am under the blood. My life is hid with Christ. I speak concerning my home. I speak concerning my family. I speak concerning my career. I'm a child of God. I am born to be above and not beneath. I will be distinguished. In this career of mine, I will be unstoppable. The glory of the Lord is upon me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me, they will be condemned. They will not be granted access. They will not be heard. I am a child of God. It is authority. When you are seated in heaven, you have access. Male leke Masakata. I want you to understand God is hearing you He says you are seated with me At the right hand The place of power I am a believer Jesus gave me his name And in that name I say Thospha This infirmity far This travail far This trial far. This depression, thus far. This flow of blood, thus far, no more. Somebody you're here, the enemy is oppressing you. You came into church afraid, and the spirit of God has been ministering to you. Determine that thus far and no more. The change turns around. You are the one pursuing the devil now. You are the one driving him away. You're full of power by the Holy Ghost. You are not empty. You are loaded. Receive the spirit of Caleb. Caleb said, give me that mountain. The Lord is my strength and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? Who are you afraid of? You have authority. You have authority. Refuse some things. Comfort some things. Release favor upon yourself. Release understanding upon yourself. Let habits be broken. You came into church today. You're struggling with a habit. Use that authority. And decree that from today, that same thing that I attracted will become repulsive to you. You have that power. Somebody here, there's evidence of a serious gang up against you in your place of work. Listen, let me tell you. The prophet Elisha said, Lord, smite them with blindness. Let confusion be set in their midst. You need to decree it, that the sons of the kingdom may rise, that the children of God may rise oh are you praying for a loved one bind the spirit of deception over that person release the person let his eyes be open pray for that husband pray for that wife pray for that child you and I have authority Christ has called us we are seated in heavenly places. Heaven hears us. Devils obey us. Yes, they do. Masolaté legeribanda. Mato lake legeribanda. sata ke kato sandalegeribanda. Jegé baba bababa. You have authority. The Lord promised that He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. Somebody came to church and the weight and the burden is heavy. Decree a release, a new season. Say your head will be lifted. There is a lifting up of the head. He loves you. He loves you. King Ahasuerus gave Mordecai his ring. And said, you know what Haman planned. You write your own decree. You know what you've been going through. This morning, the Lord is saying, write your own decree. And seal it with the name of Jesus. I will not be the same person I decree liberty The power to live as a child of God The power to function As a saint of the most high God you a man here you a husband open the doors of access that will make you rule as a man in your house be the provider in that house be the guide in that house be the champion in that house be the representative of Jesus in that house let there be restoration of dignity and honor you a woman in your home release the showers of glory the beauty of the Lord to be the warmth in that environment begin to thank the Lord begin to thank him Tell the Holy Ghost forever. I need you. I need you. I need you always. I need your power. I'm a vessel. I'm a vessel full of power. Be the treasure from the Lord. Today, the Lord is declaring over to you that you are a vessel with of the Lord. With the and you have the Holy Ghost inside, the inside of you. Circumstances must change in your life. Circumstances must change because For of you. Song says, I'm a vessel full of power with a treasure from the Lord. Declare that over yourself. You are a vessel. Father, we thank you. Before we leave this segment of the service, Psalm 149. When you go home, you can read from verse 1 to 9. But I'll just read from 6 down to 9. And it says, Let the high praises of God be in their mouth, and a two-edged sword in their hand. To do what? To execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron he said to execute on them the written judgment look at the last part he said this honor of all the sins if you're sitting you need to stand up we're going to decree over this nation prosperity prosperity peace, justice how many are tired of bad news deaths and deaths and deaths it shouldn't continue how many are tired of wicked rulers corrupt rulers insensitive leaders begin to decree now no more no more no more this nation is blessed our country is blessed nobody will separate us The North will love the South. The South will love the North. It won't matter our religious affiliations. We will live in peace. We will live in peace. Every sower of discord. Every deceiver. Every plot. Every agenda. To divide us. To take advantage of us. We decree thus far. And no more. And no more, Amen. and no more. Amen. Thus far, and no more. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Amen. I'm sure you have heard that one of the reasons the war on terror—I I, I was reading the um, security report, you know, security conference, not report—and two of the governors were saying that Boko Haram, that the military, the security people know where they are. The uh, traditional rulers know where they are. The citizens know where they are. So why hasn't it ended? We don't care. We're going to decree. Whoever is benefiting from Boko Haram, they must... I don't even know how to decree it. What am I saying? It means that people are still dying because people are still permitting it. Let's add all of them together so the Holy Spirit will lead you kidnapping is the way it is now in Nigeria. Because the people that you report to are also benefiting from it. Okay. Exercise your right. Exercise your right. No more. No more. No more. Every beneficiary of iniquity, of bloodshed, of lives being destroyed we set a warning they cease today they cease today they cease today they come to repentance or they will not see they will not see good again they will not see clearly again every sponsor every soto. Makata Soto Sotun, every sympathizer, la amongst the kidnappers, for the kidnappers, amongst the terrorists, amongst the full headsmen, amongst the bandits, and every sympathizer, we declare lack of peace. We serve them notice. As children of God, we refuse to permit it again the innocent will not continue to suffer under the hands of the wicked we release the angels of God to move to the four corners of this nation and begin to terrify and begin to terrify the carpenters of heaven we release them over this nation let these wicked ones let these insatiable ones let these insensitive ones let these bloodthirsty ones let them be exceeded from this nation wherever their background is we destroy their foundation we destroy their foundation we break their accord we break their agreement in the name of Jesus we say they begin to speak different languages amongst their groups we say they become uncoordinated will destroy their unity, will scatter their harmony. In the name of Jesus, we speak freedom to Nigerians. We decree peace to Nigerians. We speak love amongst Nigerians. In the name of Jesus, let there be brotherly love. Let there be neighborly love. In the name of Jesus, let us dwell in peace. Let us dwell in unity. Let there be prosperity. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father will receive it of you. And for those that they are placed in authority. Lord will bring them before you. Lord your word says righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach. To any people. Today we bring them before you. Let them make the choice. Today is the day of salvation. We don't know how but stir their hearts. Let them who have done evil repent Amen. and begin to do good from today. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Father, those who will not turn, when favor refused to let your people go, Lord, you taught him a lesson. You are the same yesterday. You are the same today. We're going to decree any person in position that is working against the prosperity and the peace of this nation. Let the Lord weigh him or her and determine which side he will fall. We won't tell the Lord what to do. But every man or woman in position today now, making a decision against the prosperity, against the peace, against the progress of this nation. Let's hand them over to the Lord. Weigh them in your balance. Weigh them in your balance. Weigh them in your balance. balance. Lord, you know we have no power or might against these people, but Lord, you are God. Consider them, consider their thoughts, consider their imaginations, and where, Lord, have mercy, set us free from corrupt and evil men, and heal our land. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Blessed be the name of let's just appreciate the Lord. The Lord. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenaukeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at. Center, Barnex Quaringpa Expressway, near Next Cash Abuja. For telephone 09 290 9000 or 0703 You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.